All right, boys, what's up? Back with you again for another installment of Wasson's Weekly. And today we're going to talk about running backs, the cornerstone of your fantasy football lineup, that coveted position that you want to have a stud, you want to have somebody carrying you there week in, week out, arguably the most important position in your lineup. Uh, we're going to try to cover today. So we're going to go over um, some changes, some additions, uh, some backfields that are unclear. Um, you can try to talk a little bit about injury. Like we're still at the point of preseason where preseason games haven't actually started or not preseason games have started. So now we're at the point to where teams are having to disclose actual injury information where it was leading up to now. They didn't actually have to say anything. It wasn't required. Now they're having to report them that the games have started. So we'll get a little bit more clarity of who is and isn't okay. Uh, but we'll go over a little bit of that. Some players are uh, where the top players finished last year and you know where they might project to finish this year. But we're also going to do the next four picks in this year's draft order. Start with two, end with two, just like last time. And uh, as opposed to just you know being something new and different, this year is you know trying to keep it fresh and keep it interesting. This also gives you the ability to genuinely practice like your draft. You can go into these these mock draft simulators and you know exactly where you're going to be drafting from and you can practice from that position. So you have an idea of what to expect when, you know, those picks come to you, who will likely be there, who likely won't be there. If there's players that you really want on your team, where you'll have to grab them to make sure that you have them on your team when you walk away from the draft. So hopefully uh, y'all take advantage of that and you can really come to this year's draft uh, prepared and ready to go. So with that being said, we're going to jump straight to who is we left off with pick number nine, uh, last week, picks 12 through 9. Quick recap. The 12th pick is Zachy. Pick 11 is Tommy. Pick 10 is Nate. And pick 9 is Rob. So now we will find out who will be this year's pick number 8. Wish I could have paired out some of his new Zumba footage to go with that music, but at pick number eight, we have Mr. Dan Price uh, right around that spot in the draft, and especially in the first round where it'll be a decision like, do you know, is there a running back here worth taking? Do I jump and take one of the top tier receivers, or maybe even consider taking Travis Kelsey right there? I mean, huge difference maker to the tight end position. Uh, I don't know. A lot of decisions Daniel will have to make in that eighth spot, but uh, before we ever get to that eighth spot, we'll have to go through the number seven, and this year's number seven pick is going to be to announce uh, for anyone's confirmation who that pick will be, but just to be safe, that'll be Drew coming in at the number seven spot in this year's draft. Uh, so we'll see what he does with that pick in the first round uh, is where everyone likes to see, you know, what's going on. It's almost like your team can be made or, made or broken on that first round, which isn't the case, but it can oftentimes be like that when you got your guy that you really, really want 
maybe it's one of these guys we're about to talk about here in the running back position. So last time we talked quarterbacks, this time we talked running backs, a bit more volatile of a position. Uh, last year, I think it was, there were only two running backs that finished in the top 20 that played more than 14 games in a season. So you're going to pick someone in this first round with the expectation that they're not going to actually be there for you every game of the season. It's a much more brutal position than the quarterback. They get dinged, they get scraped, they get bumped, and they're more than likely going to miss some time, just statistically speaking. So that just is what it is, especially some of these guys who are you know, the workhorse backs of their team. There are they're more few and far between now than they perhaps used to be. I mean, it's beneficial for teams to have interchangeable running backs so they have the freshest player on the field at all times, but that's not necessarily great for fantasy football. So like teams like the Panthers and Christian McCaffrey or the Titans with Derrick Henry or the Cowboys with Zeke. I mean, there are very few teams that actually have like one guy that they like to trot out there, you know, all three downs. Uh, of offense but those are guys that are you know uh, they go at the top of the drafts and for good reason you want people that are on the field as much as possible to have the most opportunity to get you points and to help your team so it's no wonder that those guys finish you know at the top of the you know the the standings uh, year in year out so here we'll recap real quick uh the top 10 running backs from last year uh starting at the top Derek henry finished as the rb1 uh, RB2 right behind him was Alvin Kamara on the Saints. Then we have Dalvin Cook on the Vikings. Uh, running back four was the rookie Jonathan Taylor, you know, who really exploded on the scene as one of those guys. It helped that Marlon Mack went down with an Achilles injury, so they didn't have to worry about working him in. He was thrust in at a necessity for the Colts and will likely be right back in that position, even though like Marlon Mack will be coming back from his injury and they still have Naeem Hines. Taylor showed that he can handle the workload. They'll probably look to continue to do that since they had success after him. Uh, Aaron Jones on the Packers, who they paid a bunch of money to keep there. Um, running back six was David Montgomery. Uh, almost surprising to a lot of people, especially from week 12 on. He was the running back two. He just caught fire right there at the end of the year. So we'll see if he can keep that going through the entirety of this season. That was more of just being hot at a certain amount of time. Running back seven was James Robinson, an undrafted rookie in Jacksonville, which nobody saw coming. I think maybe Drew was the lucky one who picked him up last year and got to just play him week in, week out the rest of the season. Um, the big surprise in this year's actual NFL draft was the Jaguars, who had two first-round picks, obviously took Trevor Lawrence last year, which is why maybe James Robinson had a lot of success, is that they didn't have a lot of offensive weapons, and they weren't entirely concerned with winning a lot of games. They had their eyes set on him as a quarterback. They got him, and now they're probably going to look to move forward with him. But the surprise was that they also drafted a running back in the first round, also from Clemson. Travis Etienne, who, you know, Trevor Lawrence will have rapport with already. We've seen reports that, you know, they, you know, they work in tandem. He's a good uh, pass catching running back, which you really want to have on your team, especially with us being in a half point, you know, PPR format. Those receptions really add up. So Travis Etienne could come in and quickly usurp James Robinson in efficiency and touches in that offense. So it's going to be hard to really Imagine James Robinson has anywhere near the success he had uh, last year on that team. Um, the running back eight from last year was Josh Jacobs on the Raiders, who uh, I guess we'll touch on real quick. Uh, we'll skip a few. The running back 12 
from last year was Kenyon Drake, who was on the Cardinals, who is now also on the Raiders. So two of last year's top 12 running backs are now on the same team. Josh Jacobs will still be the lead most likely, but now there is a more than capable back right behind him who could turn the Raiders offense into another uh, committee style uh, you know, backfield, which is not necessarily where you want to have a lot of draft capital invested in players like that. Running back nine from last year, actually running backs nine and 10 were on the same team. Maybe the proof that a committee backfield can work was Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. And uh, Nick Chubb even missed a few games, which is why Kareem Hunt had a little bit of success in his absence, but was fully involved even when Nick Chubb was healthy. If the Browns went up, you know, they didn't need to, you know, pound the ball with Nick Chubb. They could put in Kareem Hunt, and he was almost just as effective on the ground. Maybe a bit of a more capable pass catcher, uh, a little bit better with hands, can really, um, you know, amp up his his point totals through those receptions. But both of them finishing in the top 10 on the same offense. No reason to think that it's not possible for them to do that again this year with no major changes to that team, uh, only improvements like getting Odell Beckham back from injury. Uh, can maybe even open the field up anymore, or it could just be one more mouth to feed, and they don't need the running backs quite as much. Not sure how it will go. Running back 11 last year was uh, Zeke and Dallas, and that was without Dak Prescott. That offense struggled clearly without you know their quarterback, uh, you know, running the show, and Zeke was still able to put up you know a top 12 performance. If you if you're watching Hard Knocks, the Cowboys are in Hard Knocks. If you're watching in the preseason, Zeke looks to be very much in shape more so than he was last year, just from a visual perspective. So if that is any indication of his capability, then maybe he could be finishing even higher than he did last year with their offense back in, you know, full steam ahead with Dak Prescott back on the field. So those were the the top performers last year. Uh, so we touched on a bit uh, who a lot of the solo backfields were. The more define tandem backfields. We mentioned Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt is sort of almost the exception to the rule of what can happen, you know, in a dual running back system. Other uh, dual systems to be aware of are on the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the two running backs up there are Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. The expectation was that Zach Moss was probably going to come in and take over as more of the primary, but he seems to be dealing with a hamstring issue. Uh, through training camp and preseason, so that might hinder him, uh, you know, through a majority of the season. Those soft tissue injuries that happen early, they usually don't just go away magically by the start of the season. They kind of can nag the athlete through the entirety of the season, which can uh, be good for clarity or it could be bad for uncertainty that whenever they think he's healthy, they'll toss him in and then he could go out at any point in the game and then it's the other guy. So it's going to be hard to know who to really start in that backfield weekend week out uh see so other true tandems we mentioned jacksonville we don't know what or how quickly uh travis Etienne is going to come in and take over from james robinson how much he's going to be used who's going to get the goal line work again if they're not pass catchers you want the guy who's you know going to be punching the ball and you know once they get into the red zone is going to get those touchdowns get you those big point chunks the Raiders, as said, have Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake now. Uh, the New York Jets, not that anyone's clamoring for the New York Jets backfield, but they have Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, Michael Carter, LaMichael P. Ryan. There's, it could be anyone's, you know, anyone's day up there at any time. Probably not where anyone's going to be looking to really have starters, but maybe take a shot on one of the guys with a late round pick and see if he just becomes a starting running back. If you can find a guy in the eighth, ninth, tenth round that's in a un 
determined backfield and he happens to emerge with, you know, week in, week out ability. And that kind of depth is really what can set your team apart from others. Another one that it could be anyone's guess is uh, the San Francisco 49ers. They were just uncommonly injured last year. It seemed like every week a new guy on that offense was getting injured. It was like 75% of their offense was out at one point in the season. But the guys who are there who could be the guy any particular week is uh, Trey Sermon, Wayne Gallman, Jeff Wilson, and uh, Raheem Mostert. Uh, most certain, you know, has those flashes. He's got real speed. Trey Sermon's going to be a rookie with real uh, potential. I think they took him second round in the draft this year, and there a lot of expectations for him to come in and kind of take over. But there's things like that we just don't know when it's when that could possibly happen. And everywhere else in the league, you can really see most teams have split backfields. There is in Tampa Bay, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. Ronald Jones was great you know, the entirety of the regular season, then playoffs happen and Leonard Fournette becomes the guy. It doesn't really know, or doesn't, we don't know what to expect in this coming season, you know, of the Buccaneers, but we do know that they retained every single piece of their offense that just won the Super Bowl. It's just, how are they going to use those pieces now that they have another year under the Bruce Arian system? It's been sort of documented that at least for quarterbacks, it takes, uh, almost that what that first season is not until the second season that his quarterbacks really grasp the Bruce Arian system, which with, you know, Tom Brady being who he is, had it figured out by about, you know, the last, the quarter, the last quarter of last season. So coming into this year, a whole another year, everyone else catches up. The offense has no reason to think that it could possibly slow down. It will likely only improve. So that could be more, you know, red zone opportunities for those running backs. Buzz here. Uh, there's not, a lot of opportunity for rookies to come in and make an immediate impact. Like I said, Travis Etienne on the Jaguars will be one of those this year. And the other one is going to be Najee Harris in Pittsburgh, who is also looking to be likely one of those few workhorse backs. Again, a big guy coming out of Alabama. The Steelers have featured him in their preseason games. Mike Tomlin likes to have a you know single running back system. We saw it when it was Le'Veon Bell. We saw it when it was James Conner. He likes to have one guy out there as much as possible, which will likely be what we see from Najee Harris and what he can do for that offense as a rookie. But outside of that, it's kind of, you know, a bit of a scattershot. It's just sort of who do you believe in? Who do you want to be your guy? Everyone, you know, Chris McCaffrey likely to be the number one pick again overall this season. He just, you know, is the guy that does it all. In the few games that we saw of him last year, you know, he still looked to be that guy. He was running back one, running back three. Then he was injured and he was out. But we have no reason to believe that he will have lost a step in any way, shape, or form when he comes in. Uh, quarter, or running backs that have already sort of gone down to injury. It was supposed to be the Cam Akers, you know, year in Los Angeles with the Rams. He tore his Achilles out for the year. Running backs don't have a good track record of coming back from an Achilles injury. Not that that's here nor there. He's out all season. We won't see him. So it'll be Daryl Henderson and Xavier Jones. It's been, you know, expected that it'll just, you know, it'll be the Daryl Henderson show now that Cam Akers is out of the picture. But for one, you know, that was, you know, their number two option that is now their number one. So he wasn't their number one originally for a reason. And then, you know, head coach Sean McVay has come out that Xavier Jones will you know, carve out a role for himself in this offense. What that looks like, we won't really know until the season really gets started. But a lot of this really comes down to like preference and strategy, at least when it comes to 
building your team. Like I, for instance, I really like being the team that has that depth at running back. I'll take usually like two running backs with my first two picks, sometimes three. If there's a third one there that I feel like is just in a different tier of capability than whatever receivers are available right there. That's just my personal preference. I think I just end up with a depth of running back and it's kind of hard to, if you can build, you know, that like trio of like just week in week out starters, you have that edge coming into every matchup. And then people are just going to keep trying to, you know, poach one of them away from you with trades during the season. You can just keep that vice grip on them and keep using that advantage and hope to find more like, you know, flyers at the wide receiver position where, you know, you don't have to be the guy to be an effective, you know, contribution to a team in the wide receiver position. So let's see. Other than that, the big changes uh, that teams had, you know, in the off season that the Cardinals, again, they lost Kenyon Drake. They added James Conner, but it's expected that their uh, primary running back is going to be Chase Edmonds, who was there last year, who knows the offense, who just wasn't uh, the lead back when Kenyon Drake was there. But so we'll see what James Conner does on that team, but expected to be, you know, the number two behind Chase Edmonds in that offense that has Kyler Murray, that has DeAndre Hopkins, who should, you know, be scoring a good amount of points. It just happens to be on a team where the quarterback is just as capable of running it in as the running back is. Most teams will take their quarterback out of the situation, don't want to get him hurt, Teams like the Cardinals, who have Kyler Murray, Cam Newton on the Patriots, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, just these teams that can have the quarterback who can put their head down or can get, you know, to the outside line and, you know, and be the defense to the edge. Um, it's hard to always expect the running back to get those goal line opportunities in those types of offenses. Other big changes worth noting, obviously the Falcons uh, did not resign Todd Gurley. They have Mike Davis. It's expected that Mike Davis will be the guy, you know, coming into to week one, but there's still time where that could change. There are running backs still out there like Todd Gurley, like Le'Veon Bell, who aren't currently on teams, who won't necessarily uh, get signed and become, you know, the, the lead back in the backfield, but could still get signed and come in and be a disruption to the current, you know, stage of whatever team they might end up on that could change things uh, in that way. Big losses for Denver. No longer have Philip Lindsay. They drafted a rookie, Javante Williams, who's expected to maybe take over at some point in the season. Right now, Melvin Gordon is still the presumed starter, but uh, they saw something in Javante that they that they liked and thought he they, he could be an immediate assistance to the team. So there would be no surprise if he hops in and takes over really at any point in the season. Let's see your names that you recognize that are going to be on different teams. Uh, let's see, Jarek McKinnon is now on the Chiefs, along with uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Jamal Williams was on the Packers last year, is now in with the Lions, where DeAndre Swift is the known starter, but Jamal Williams is a capable pass catcher along with Swift, so they could interchange there uh, for a change of pace. Uh, Lions no longer have on Johnson, who wasn't really working out there e- either way. The Dolphins... Look to be a true committee backfield. The coaches come out and said that they'll likely use three running backs in their system, being Miles Gaskins, uh, Malcolm Brown, and the third guy is honestly escaping. It might still be Jordan Howard. It might be um, Salvin Ahmed. I think is the another guy that's in that backfield. But uh, an offense that I'm not really looking to spend a lot on when it comes to the running back position. So we'll see. It's just who do you think the top guys are? It's likely. Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Ezekiel Elliott. Those are really like, you know, the top four guys that are going to come off the board really early. And it's just who do you like after that that you want to have on 
your team. Like maybe you think Saquon Barkley is finally going to be healthy and he'll repeat what he did in his rookie year, which he hasn't really sniffed since, but you know, maybe he's still there. Dalvin Cook is also one of those, those top echelon backs that can be a true workhorse if he can stay healthy. But again, you're only really looking to have these guys play, you know, at least 14 games in a season. If they play more then that's just, you know, an extra comfort to your team. But for the most part, not everyone is going to be playing a full season. But yeah, I think that is about all I have on running backs, more sort of non-objective personal opinion than much of anything else. But hopefully you can do something with that information and uh, go forward with it. But we'll hop out of that. We'll get into the next two picks so that at least half of you can be practicing in a draft position and everybody else will be waiting to find out where they'll be uh, in the next episode. So we will go next. What pick are we even on? Let's see. We are moving up to pick number six, past the halfway point in the draft. And pick number six will be going to... song that has all of 7,000 views on YouTube and the link provided by Mr. Ryan Randall will be this year's break point of the draft with that six pick perfectly positioned right in the middle. Doesn't get uh, the double pick at either turn of the snake, but doesn't have to wait too long for any, any pick to come to him. Just comfortably in the middle, can see what's happening all around him. And we will go from pick number six to pick number five. We'll go to the family man himself, Mr. Chase Richardson, always competitive year in, year out, you know, a threat to walk away with the title. Uh, we'll see who happens to fall to Chase with that fifth pick in the first round. But that is going to do it for this week. Hopefully it didn't take up too much of your time. Hopefully any of it or some of it was useful to you. And uh, yeah, look forward to talking to you again, uh, you know, maybe this end of this week, maybe next week. We'll see how it goes. But uh, wide receivers, probably just touch on tight ends quickly. And then we'll be just about ready for the start of the season. Figure out when we're going to draft and uh, how many people can actually you know, be there for it. Because it's always more fun if everyone could possibly be available just to catch up, chat, throw some jabs. We'll see. Uh, you can be sure that no matter what time it happens, East Coast, I'll make myself available. I'll be there. Favorite time of year. Can't wait to get into it. Hope all y'all are doing well. Talk to you again soon.